Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, peoples. It's me, Sean Harwell. You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. And here you are. We're happy to have you. This is a show where we talk about movies that have fallen through our cracks, maybe some of your cracks as well. Joined again today, as always, thankfully, the turkey to my dancing kid, or vice versa, Craig Moorhead. Say hello, Craig Moorhead. Hello, Craig Moorhead. Ah, you got me. Uh, How you doing, Sean? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm fantastic. I've never been better. I'm glad to hear that. That's I don't suspect that that is actually true, but no. we'll find out. Uh, here we are in May. We're talking about a movie that you picked out, and I'm glad we are. It's called Johnny Guitar. We will get to it in a moment. Mm. First, obviously, you know where to go, neverheardpodcast.com. You'll find everything you need, all those backity-back episodes. You can listen. You can say hello. You know what I did? Was that yesterday? It was yesterday. I listened to our most recent episode in Spotify for the first time. Oh, really? It worked without any issues whatsoever. Sounded good. The artwork is up there, the, the episode artwork. I think maybe podcasts are not the easiest thing to find on Spotify if you're mm-hmm. a paying member. There's a lot going on in that app, period, <laughs> and on the desktop. But they do have a section for podcasts, but you, you know, they got a search button. That's easy to find. So go look us up on there. You can follow us on there and... Uh, Mix us right in there with all your cool tunes that you're listening to. Oh, yeah. Hey, Craig, what else have you watched in the past two weeks? That's what we do in these episodes before we uh, really get to the main course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad you asked, Sean. Me too. I have uh, watched some other things. I watched the movie John Wick with my wife. How was that? I haven't seen that yet. Should come as a surprise to no one. Right. It's good. I mean, It's good. It's good. It kind of falls flat in the last bit there, which which I should have expected the whole time in a weird way. Would you say the wick goes out? No, no, I would never say that. Okay. No, but it's like it's it's interesting because it starts off, it's it 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 gives you kind of a nice emotional like gut punch right there at the beginning. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I'm watching Keanu Reeves, who I like. Like he, he he's not a complete creep yet in real life. <laughs> No, he seems like the nicest dude. Right, I'm watching him, and then there's a puppy involved, and I'm like, this this is great. Yeah. And then everything's fine, and then there's a lot of action, as you might have you know guessed from maybe trailers or posters. But yeah, I don't know. The, the end, for anyone who's seen it, I mean, the end, I didn't care about anything that was happening at the end at all. I just, I, I just hmm. found myself like, wow, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what he's after now. I don't know why he hasn't. Have stopped. they made the sequel yet, or is that something that's forthcoming? Uh, no, they made they made a sequel. I haven't watched okay. that one. Well, maybe they answer all those questions for you in the sequel. Oh no, no, no. I, I I don't think there are intentional questions. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's very clear that it, it feels as if everything has been wrapped up nicely. Okay, yeah. just not in your head. Yeah. Right. It was just like when when yeah. you're having like your your big like, showdown hmm. at the end, and Keanu's just been this insane badass the whole time. I don't know. There's something about that last showdown where I was like, why are we having this showdown? Like, why yeah. does this showdown matter that much? I don't know. But but def- definitely a fun movie. A lot of, uh, a lot of crazy uh, action, which I like. Uh, also, yeah. watch Training Day again. How does that hold up? It's been many, many years since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's it totally holds up as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's it's oh, Denzel is just chewing scenery. Oh, just, yeah. Just there's nothing but bite marks. 
all over the place. But I gotta say, from the first time I saw it, what was that? Ninety six. That movie came out. Is that right? Something like that. Or is no, that my way after, off? It was after. Oh, it was two thousand one. Why? See, I yeah, thought it was. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was the nineties. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it holds up really well. Honestly, it certainly doesn't hurt for plot. That thing really moves. Cool. And then I watched that that This Is America video probably three hundred times. Sean, what have you watched this week? Not a ton, man. I I watched. The original The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It wasn't entirely what I was expecting as far as like the middle act of that movie. Mm-hmm. But boy, you got a good beginning and you got a, like a strong finish there. So I think um, I can forgive everything else. Just, yeah. you know, just a little pedestrian in the middle there, with, given the circumstances and the setup. But still very sure. enjoyable. Looks great. They've got it in 4K, no less. Oh, wow. iTunes, Apple Movie Store, whatever. I've been finally... Diving into The Hateful Eight, I have put that off and put it off because I was uh, very cautiously excited but scared by the running time yeah. and the fact that it does seem very, very contained. It's a commitment. So far, I've enjoyed it, but yeah, I'm only like 45 minutes in, so i still got about six hours, I think. <laughs> and what else? I've been working my way at last through Vice Principals, the HBO show, mainly season two. I, I finished season one a while ago. Yeah. Although not exactly when it aired. But man, I'm I am loving season two. That is really, really strong stuff. If you have put it off like I did, uh, or maybe weren't blown away by season one, it's all part of the bigger plot and it builds really well, I think, in season two. And it gets tense and exciting. Man, those those two guys are really good in those roles. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I gotta check that out. I still haven't seen that. I don't I don't have HBO. I'm a bit deprived. I take it and leave it sometimes, you know. I keep it sure. a little while and then come back to it. But um but that's it, Craig. I it was uh, it was a relatively calm week for movies. I've got it. Sitting on Blu-ray, oh, on my wow. Blu-ray player, waiting. I, yeah, I'm really excited to finally see that. And then Black Panther's out on video, too. I've got to watch that. So. Oh, yeah. Those are That's my goals. Good stuff. Good stuff. The next time. Good movie goals. Good movie goals. It's good to have movie goals. Yeah. Well, shall we talk Johnny Guitar? Let's talk Johnny Guitar. It hits with all the violent elemental passions of a sandstorm. This story of a woman who lived and loved too hard and wanted too much, willing to fight any odds to get it. Down there, I sell whiskey and cards. All you can buy up these stairs is a bullet in the head. Now, which do you want? I want to start by saying this. It also uh, turns out beyond Amazon and Hulu was available on Epics, at least on Epics.com. I found it. If you have Epics or access to Epics, I watched it. It looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Craig, Yo. Johnny Guitar, I mean, as, as you obviously know, is a 1954 Western that we teed up last time. If you haven't listened to that tee-up, I highly recommend this one specifically because of all the behind-the-scenes crap that went on and all the awesome all the awesome stuff that these people that are in this movie and that made it have done in other movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the story, according to IMDb, where after helping a wounded gang member, a strong-willed female saloon owner is wrongly suspected of murder and bank robbery by a lynch mob. Mm. Fairly, fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't address the title character at all in that synopsis. No. Uh, you picked this movie. I did. You watched it for the first time. What did you think, Craig? Uh, I was not disappointed. Um, I feel like it provided the experience I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a movie from 1954. Agreed. Yep. It's so it's 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 deeply 50s. Joan Crawford 
is a good and bizarre choice for the movie. And the fact that it's called Johnny Guitar is pretty weird. Mm -hmm. I want to get to the bottom of some of these things. Yeah, we should try. Sterling Hayden is 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 kind of his usual sort of boozy self. I just that's the only way the whole way every time I would look at him if he wasn't talking he'd kind of get this like triple chin kind of Yeah. And well, he did I drink a lot thinking, in the movie. He so, does. Yeah. He does. And uh mm-hmm. uh yeah, and I just kept thinking of him as a boozy Sterling Hayden. Um yeah. But I mean, but there's a lot of uh, it is it is, it is kind of a one-of-a-kind Western. I wasn't prepared for all of it. What, how did you feel about it? Surprised and, yeah, kind of amazed by a lot of it. Yeah. And I'm with you in thinking it definitely feels of an era, but it moves at a clip that I think a lot of Westerns from that era that I'm familiar with do not. And I really appreciated that just from the storytelling standpoint. I mean, this thing, like, it literally opens with a bang. There's, yeah. you know, they're blowing up the side of a hill for a mine. And, you know, there are worse ways to start a movie than blowing up stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of in board. I mean, and then somebody gets killed within the first five minutes. But even talking about it and doing the research on just how much Mercedes McCambridge, who played Emma, and Joan Crawford, who plays Vienna, how much they hated each other during yeah. making this movie. Holy moly. It was not, I still found myself like unprepared by just how much they didn't like each other on screen. Yeah. And the conflict there and how that's like initialized and then how it's resolved, which we will get to, of course. But uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I think in some ways just kind of really impressed by both the storytelling and the dialogue, man. You get some great lines in here. It's got that sort of almost noir feel with some of the lines, you know? Yeah. It's not necessarily one in a whole with the Western genre. I thought it fits really nicely in this genre for sure. You know, personally, I love that stuff. And yeah, that's about it. I mean, I really kind of enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I got a little antsy, sort of the latter half of the film. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit restless, but I don't think the movie feels too long. No. And like I say, there's there's a lot of exciting stuff here. Why don't we talk about this first? Did you notice and were you at all surprised or like, again, let's talk pacing. The opening of this movie throughout almost unfolds in real time. Did you pick up on that? I did not. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. Because we're with Sterling Hayden as he's traveling by horse. He sees the mine blowing up. He sees the sort of like carriage robbery, and then they kill a man who's got his hands in his hair. And then he wanders into this saloon called Vienna's in the middle of like a dust storm. And from there on out, you're just watching people come in and all the conversations. I think I tracked it at about 38 minutes before we leave Vienna's again. Yeah, that was I a mean, I'd say bit. normally that's a big red flag for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I kind of dug it. I don't know. What were your impressions of just that first act and setting up the conflict the way they did? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I feel like there's so much ground to cover. Mm-hmm. There's so many relationships. And, it, and yeah. it all it all comes out in that first bit, right? Because, I mean, yeah, Sterling Hayden sees all that stuff happen. He gets to Vienna's. Then this whole posse comes in. And you've got MacGyver's, who's just like the rich guy, right? That's all he is. And then you've got the marshal. Yep. And they've got a whole posse of guys. 
And they're like, where's the dancing kid? Oh, he's not here. Then pretty soon the dancing kid and his fellows come in. And then you're seeing that, uh, you know, so Emma Small is one of the people in the posse who really hates Vienna. So she's really trying to drive all this stuff. Well, say, and her, her brother was the one that was shot, right? Like, he's right. The, the body that they carry in and set on the, like, uh, craps table or whatever it was, which I could have loved. And so, yeah. And so, and so he was, he was driving the stagecoach. So she's super pissed and she's great because oh, it's not even, I don't know. I guess it really is a great performance, but there's something that's very stilted about it. But it's also yeah, it's, it's also sort of perfect. It's like so specific or something. Mm-hmm. It's like she's very she's very stiff and she kind of looks around and every time she turns it's and but <laughs> but I love it. Like I, I just love it. Yeah, she's incredibly self righteous too. You know, oh, totally. I mean, totally. There's just not a, a word of gentleness that comes out of her mouth to anybody. To no. anybody. She just has this posse of dudes behind her who like don't want to listen to anything she says, and she does. She no. doesn't give a fuck. She's just no, like she does not. You yeah. assholes are gonna kill her, you know. Like this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of awesome. Like that whole relationship is awesome, and then she also kind of apparently has the hots for the dancing kid, yeah, who she thinks killed her brother now or something in that makeup because everyone thinks that the dancing kid and his his guys are these stagecoach robbers. That Vienna is is protecting or something, right? So yeah, so a, a, a lot of stuff, and in the middle of that, you got Boozy Sterling Hayden walking around. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't give a care about anything. Uh, nope. He, he's he's all funny lines. Nobody likes him but Vienna. Nobody mm-hmm. likes that guy. They sure don't. I mean, they really don't. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, everything he says, like it's it's, it's very confrontational in that kind of funny, overly yeah. masculine way, and. Joan Crawford is kind of sitting there laughing at all of it, which is kind of awesome. But yeah, I mean, I mean, so it, it totally makes sense. I mean, because then, and not even those guys, because then you have guys that are working for her. Yep. And, and you got to know a little bit about them. The guys who are running the tables, you got to know a little bit about them. You got to know a little bit about, oh shit, I can't remember his name. I want to call him Sam for some reason. Was, it, was his name Sam? The other uh, guy Tom? who's like, no one pays attention to me. Tom, I, I guess yeah, Tom. I think, it's, skinny I think it was Tom, yeah. I mean, really, you meet like 85 people in this scene. It's an, Yeah, it's insane. And then you're also, I think, bit by bit getting the information that there's basically a saloon in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But part of the reason they're, they're also blowing up the, the, the hills in that area is because they're bringing a railroad through. Yeah. And, you know, Joan Crawford, Vienna, has her sights set on establishing a town there and owning as much of it as she can. Right. And it seems like Emma and the posse kind of represent the old farming way, like the people that just moved, you know, went went west for land and space mm-hmm. and a little bit of freedom. And here these people come encroaching upon it, and they don't seem like the most reputable people. And it was fun to kind of piece that. I mean, I thought they did a really, really good job of not just giving that to you as exposition. You kind of got to piece it together. I mean, it was a while before I was like, what is going, like, why, I don't understand why Emma is so pissed at Vienna. You know, you don't quite know what the reason is yet. You don't quite know what the relationship she has to, to the dancing kid for sure. And through half of that opening, they're talking about the dancing kid and his gang. 
and you haven't even met the dude yet. Like yeah. I, I was trying to figure out, I was like, oh wait, is that Sterling Hayden? Are they sure. talking about him? And he's sitting there listening to it because they don't know who the dancing kid is, or, or like, is he going to reveal himself to be <laughs> like the? <laughs> and it's not because that would that would be stupid. By the time it all comes out, yeah, you've got like four different factions, five maybe if you count Joan Crawford as her own. Yeah. Or maybe the co yeah, the the workers at the saloon there. And they're all like at each other's throat within the first thirty minutes of this movie. And yeah, I don't know. Like there's so many little things. Like I feel like if I went back and just watched that opening, like, oh holy cow. Like just that saloon itself where like half of it is just rock wall. It's like they just built it onto the side of a hill or something. Yeah. I mean, that set is pretty just, awesome. It looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then the fact that you know, Sterling Hayden rolls in there, and there's nobody in there. Those poor, like, casino guys are barely just, like, keeping themselves upright. And nobody the one guy does in. the roulette wheel as soon as he walks in? Yeah, yeah, so, like, spin it, because that's the <laughs> orders. And, you know, they don't know why he's there yet, and we don't know who Vienna is quite yet. But then Joan Crawford comes out from this upstairs office or whatever, and, like, just her standing on that balcony, I was like, she looks like a maniac. She looks like a psycho yeah. murderer. <laughs> I mean, just in general in this movie, like there was a point where I'm just like, she doesn't look at all of that era, you know? Well, I mean, I'm, and even more totally. so than, yeah. I mean, none, not <laughs> most of them don't, you know? Maybe Ernest Borgnine, he kind of, <laughs> right. what you would sort of expect. Well, honestly, Tom. Tom does, yes. But, yeah. I mean, she just quite doesn't. I mean, no. the hair bright red lipstick her teeth are like wide enough to blind a kid you know it's almost like you know part of her deal was like look i'm gonna do everything from the top of my head down to my neck yeah and then you guys can do all the co <laughs> like all the costuming and everything but yeah my head that's me i'm doing my stuff like, uh, yeah right. that is very funny it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the case too yeah but and like she never blinks like she just does not blink in this movie she's a which, pro yeah she's a camera pro yeah. She really is. I mean, in some ways it feels, yeah, it's chewing scenery, but I mean, they kind of all are, you know? Yeah. It just kind of works. And also, I think, again, because the dialogue is so good. But holy cow, you know, again, you're barely like making heads or tails of who all these people are and what they're pissed off at before Emma just flat out says, I'm going to kill you to Vienna. Yeah. And she says, I know if I don't kill you first. And she's like, whoa. That's yeah. okay. They just took shit up a notch, and these are two women. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I would love to know another Western that comes close to doing that. Yeah. Just as far as a movie moment, man, you, you, if you open a movie with that, uh, you got me. I'm, I'm on board yeah. for whatever follows. It's definitely strong. Yeah. It is. And I do think for all their troubles that they had, and, and clearly it sounds like neither one of them. We're nice to each other. <laughs> and God knows how many crew people they just made miserable that we'll never hear about. Yeah. It's kind of perfect casting. I mean, it kind of does work amazingly well. <laughs> those it two, really does. You know? I mean, you, you definitely can feel it. And and it, yeah. for that matter, I, I don't know if this is because I knew the background or not. But I was wondering how you felt about, you know, so this posse comes in. They put a dead guy on the table. You know, Emma's mm -hmm. super pissed. All those guys are like, Vienna, you know, you have something to do with this or you know something about it. 
I mean, for a while, were you kind of like, and, and then Joan, you know, then you're looking at Joan, who kind of looks like the wicked stepmother. <laughs> and I, yes. I mean, a part of me was like, I don't, I don't yet really know who the good guy is. Like Vienna. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Vienna's not backing down. She's super cool. Just like a villain might be, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, who is the bad guy? It takes a while before it's, it's kind of like, okay. Like, I'm still not sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, guess, I, I, I mean, really I, I guess, don't know. <laughs> honestly, yeah. my thing is, and yeah, I mean, maybe this is, you know, just my own biases, but it's like, it wasn't until it was very clear that MacGyver's was just a rich guy who was trying to get rid of her that yeah. I was like, oh, those are the bad guys. Because then he's just like, kill them, you know, hang everybody, you know? And he was just like, oh, okay, you're clearly out of control. But up yeah. until that point, I was like, anybody here could be the bad guy. You know, there's that moment where she's just kind of needling Emma about, how do you know it's a dancing kid? What proof do you have? Yeah. You have no indication that he shot your brother. And furthermore, what does this have to do with me? Just because they come in here every Friday and I let them buy drinks and play, you know, and gamble, there's no law against that. Why why do you want to, why are you so intent on rounding me up? And actually, maybe we should ask this question now because I was certainly confused by it. I mean, from the moment she walks in there, Emma is insistent that Vienna is involved in all of this. She calls her a railroad tramp like at least twice in the span of 10 minutes. <laughs> Which Brutal. I'm putting that in my, my toolbox of insults yeah. just to have on hand for anybody. So I apologize in advance now if I call somebody a railroad tramp. But, you know, <laughs> it may happen. It yeah. may happen. Do you still, by the end of this, have a good sense of just why Emma hates Vienna so much? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I kept letting the the real backstory bleed into the movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, well, I mean, I know it's hard not to. Yeah. Well, I, I I did I did think it was it had something to do with Dancing Kid. Yes. Where Emma where Emma liked Dancing Kid and Vienna yep. totally had his heart and didn't give a shit essentially. Mm-hmm. And so there, there was like a jealousy that was already there. I was gonna say it wasn't reciprocated. It seems by the dancing kid. It seems like right. he was more interested in in Vienna. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that all that there is? Because that that still didn't. I mean, it does. It's interesting. You were talking about like heroes and villains. I mean, if that's all it is, I'm not saying that's nothing. But that right. does not warrant the level of. <laughs> Of well, it would a be a person saying, "I'm going to kill you." Right. It, <laughs> right. It would definitely be disappointing. Yeah. If it was just, if it was just over a man, you know. Yeah. Now, of course, her brother has died. Right. I mean, that's an inarguable fact, and you can understand the emotion in the moment if she does think it was a dancing kid, and that Vienna is somehow involved. Yeah, that that's that certainly tips the scales into into hatred and and plotting revenge. But I don't know. I like even yeah. Even in the opening, I was like, mm, I don't know if Emma's really a. I don't know if she's got her story straight. B. Right. She seems really vindictive for some other some other reason here. I don't know what's going on. Well, but there's, there's more than we're hearing. But she's also a banker, right? Yeah. The banker, mm-hmm. essentially. So I mean, there's definitely, I think, a business angle to it as well. You know. I mean, for sure. And like she talks about that. There's a one point where she's talking about, you know, the, these people, they're setting up this town. And what do you think is going to happen? You think there's like good people going to come in and 
good farmers and no it's gonna be squatters and they're gonna push us right. up against a barbed wire fence you know and is that what you want i mean it's basically like saying get off my lawn you know i don't want i don't want new people coming yeah. into town and ruining things which i guess you know that's understandable that's a that's a philosophy or an sure. ethos if nothing else but still you know how much better are you than those people if you're saying i'm going to kill you to a person <laughs> that yeah. you don't have evidence has done anything wrong yeah but it's interesting. I mean, yeah, it really sets an interesting conflict there. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly a cool device, I think, to have Johnny Guitar there witnessing all of that. Because then it's like, okay, whose side is he going to take? You know, and, you know, yeah. and is he supposed to be us? Is he kind of innocent and due to this situation? He's, he's certainly not. You know, he's got history yeah. with Joan Crawford, and we soon find out that they had a relationship five years ago and we're in love and I don't remember exactly what the impetus was for them splitting. Do you? No, it seemed kind of like a vague sort of like, I like I, I got to be free or I'm no good for you. And you know, yeah, when we're together, man. things don't work out. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Some, I don't and know. there was all that, like you should have waited on me or, you know, I waited five years. But then it's like in those conversations, too, you start getting kind of implications from uh, from Johnny Guitar there that Joan Crawford may have come to own this saloon by less wholesome means. Right. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. I mean, is he basically saying that she hoard herself to get the money to buy that or something? Oh, I don't know about that. For some reason, I, I just I assumed it was more like you had to you had to dirty deal some people. Yeah, maybe some people ended up on Boot Hill. You know, uh, I don't yeah. know. She definitely seems like she's fired a gun before. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm just like, yeah, she's 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 not one to wither. Well, she does have the line. There's she says something about like it doesn't matter how I got it. What's important is that I got it. You know, and that's yeah, I love that. That's so she is guy. kind of a bad guy. <laughs> she is. I mean, yeah, yeah. really. I mean, in a lot of ways, she is. But uh, I don't want to skip over the opening completely. I don't want to move on just yet before we can address the... <laughs> when the gang does show up, and we meet the dancing kid, and Turkey, and Ernest Borgnine, and the other guy that kind of looks like 1954's John Hawks, <laughs> who's got like emphysema or something. Yeah. I love that guy. They immediately just don't sort of vibe with Sterling Hayden and Johnny Guitar. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a bit of a pissing contest there that turns into, you know, the gang sort of demanding. It's like, oh, you're a guitarist. Play me a tune. So Johnny Guitar does play. But then it's like, well, why do they call you the Dancing Kids? Because you can dance or something? <laughs> and then <laughs> the Dancing Kids suddenly got to prove himself. So he grabs Emma and takes her for a tour. And it's like the most, like intense kind of it's not like a dance-off but it may as well yeah. it's like god well, damn it i'm gonna show you how good i can dance right <laughs> so you know it's funny it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because i was thinking about that at that point where i was just like okay any other western if you want to make a western yeah that's like man i'm kind of sick of all the machismo and shit you know any other western yeah. at this point you would you would be probably having a showdown. You'd be shooting at each other already. Exactly. The showdown in this one is, can you play that guitar? Watch this. <laughs> bing, ding, 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 ding. Can you dance? Watch this. It's just like, wow. 
Yeah. He's like grudge like, dancing. Is... It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of as showdowns go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just also just in terms of things that would never happen ever. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine two guys who, yeah, who don't like each other, looking to yeah. show each other up, going to do it that way. I don't know. But I love it. I think it's I think it's 100% magical. And he dances with Emma, and the look mm-hmm. on her face the whole time is priceless. Yeah. It, she's just like completely, completely torn. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing. What can you imagine being her? It's like, oh, Jesus, if I don't dance, what, what am I doing? This is, I can't believe yeah. this is happening. Is somebody going to die if I don't dance? Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy moment. I did like it. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes here, and it was kind of pretty close following that where emma and the posse do leave mm-hmm. and it was it was a weird directing choice here and i don't know if it's a directing or just for some reason emma's about to head out of the you got this the saloon bifold doors of course she stops she turns around and she has a line about you know when the dancing kid and his gang go joan better go with him but we don't see her deliver that line the whole the entire line is played on Crawford, and then you cut back to to Emma to McCambridge as like on the back of her head as she turns and walks out the door. And I was just like, I wonder, huh. like, like why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's a small moment, but it is a big. I mean, that is her exit line to that yeah. whole long sequence, which has been unfolding in real time. I just found myself wondering, like, is that an intentional choice? Did they not get a good take? Like what's going on? Did she have a like spinach in her teeth or something, <laughs> and they didn't realize it? Yeah. Like what? What would have happened that uh, they they chose not to show her face in that moment? Because again, it's just Joan Crawford reacting is Joan Crawford just standing there with her like jaw clenched, not blinking. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think we necessarily needed that for the entire line. I don't know. It was a weird choice. Another little thing I noticed there right before they kind of leave, and, and we'll get into this, the tension between the Dancing Kid and his gang and Johnny Guitar, but he says something to Johnny Guitar, the Dancing Kid. He says, heads, I'm going to kill you. Tells you can play her a tune. Her being Joan Crawford. Right. And I don't know. I just found myself thinking about No Country for Old Men and just, I don't know, wondering if uh, I didn't see anything. I, lo- I did look through the trivia again uh, on IMDb, but wondering if maybe that was... An influence at all on Cormac McCarthy and then uh, yeah. Anton Chigurh's flipping the heads or tails for Indo. But uh, I don't know. I always Seems like those like little moments. Seems like there's some connective tissue there. Could be. Yeah. After all this has been set up and established, the gang leaves. We get all the drama between Johnny Guitar and Joan Crawford. We find out that he used to be Johnny Logan. He used to be a gunfighter. Mm. After Turkey kind of brings it out. I mean, Turkey, man. <laughs> Yeah. We could talk about that guy. He's like the Man. shortest member of the gang. He's got red hair. Yep. He volunteers when old. they're leaving. He volunteers to stay with her, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know. There was a great moment where uh, she's like, Turkey, you're just a boy. He's like, I'm a man. She's like, every man is entitled to be a boy for a little while, which I thought was nice and prescient. But it's in that moment where Johnny Guitar reveals that he actually is a sharpshooter, even though we've established that he doesn't even carry a gun because he doesn't like yeah. him, doesn't need it. That's such a, I mean, everybody, everybody has a gun in that world, obviously. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing. And so, yeah, we find out that Johnny Guitar was not always Johnny Guitar. He was Johnny Logan, and he was a gunfighter. And he's probably done well, some very no bad things. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of interesting that they don't, that nobody else seems to know that. And, you know. Right. It's a big country. 
It's, it's certainly that that is possible that that legend didn't didn't make its way there to that little podunk town. It's not even a town yet. Yeah, Instagram um, was a few years off still. <laughs> hashtag Johnny Guitar. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just adds a nice little wrinkle, and then the gang basically retreats to their little hut. We establish that, that there's a bit of a rift between Ernest Borgnine and the dancing kid about what they're gonna do, and I think it's around that moment that we pretty much know for a fact they did not kill Emma's brother, correct? Or did they? I mean, that's a good question. That was one of my other questions. Did, right? Was like, who did rob that coach if they didn't? Yeah, I don't think um, they did, though. Except in, in their just... own conversations, they seem to be saying they didn't do any of that stuff, yeah. but they're going to do it because they're getting blamed for it anyway. Oh, they're getting that's blamed the for everything. They're getting they blamed were. for robbing, yeah. Uh, they're getting blamed for you know stealing so because it's like well you always have money how is it that you guys have money if you don't yeah. steal and they're like we've got a silver mine because who right. doesn't right? and they just don't they haven't told anybody where it is because they don't want them stealing hey i like that they set that up and then you find out no their silver mine sucks like they're not making any money right. off of it which is kind of awesome yeah you got ernest borgnine saying was it him or maybe it was the dancing kids like look if we're being accused of this shit yeah, we may as well do something. They're not going to let us be. It's only a matter of time before the lynch mob comes with rope for our necks, because they they think we killed this guy. Let's rob a bank and yeah. get the hell out of here. I found myself it was like, hmm. After that opening, do I really care enough to want to spend time with the dancing kid and gang away from Joan Crawford and Sterling Hayden? Right. I wasn't sure I did, but I did like those scenes. Yeah. This is all setting up what's got to be the biggest coincidence of the movie, right? But one I thought they <laughs> yeah. they handled okay. So they plot this robbery, and sure enough, they go robbing a bank the next day during the funeral for Emma's brother. And who happens to be there just getting some cash out of her account? Joan Crawford, along with Johnny Guitar. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around the fact that well, that's that's pretty convenient that they happen to be there at that exact moment, yeah. right? But it does work into the plot then because you can have, was it Sterling Hayden? It was like, look, the posse already thinks you're in with the dancing kid. Who do you think they're going to believe when you walk away from this robbery and the dancing kid and his gang were definitely there, and you're just saying, no, I, I was there. I was just getting, I just happened to be getting money out, and I tried to stop them from doing it. So now she's in a bit of a pickle, obviously. Was it enough to bother you, the convenience of it? Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of forgave I mean, I, it, I guess. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt like the story needed it. I mean... Yeah, it definitely adds a, a nice little wrinkle there, I think. It does, yeah. I mean, here's the here's maybe the double standard. I wouldn't probably like it in a movie that was made today. Right. Yeah. But in, in this movie, it just feels like, yeah, I mean, that's just a part of the storytelling. Like It, it just sort sure. of needed to happen in some way that it could viably look like that to people who already have a bias against her. I mean, mm. that is the thing, you know, it's, it's not as if Emma necessarily invents everything out of whole cloth. Nope. Like it, 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 her, her anger definitely does a lot of the work, but like, there are still things she can look at and just be like, yeah, sure. Sure, you're not involved. Yeah, I mean, she is a railroad tramp. So, you know, I mean, oh, man. there's that. She's the biggest railroad <laughs> tramp. Yeah. 
But I, I did like that moment, and credit to Crawford there, I did sort of buy into her genuine effort to stop the dancing kid from doing this, because especially because, yeah, she did just literally stick her neck out on the line to say, those guys didn't kill anybody. You yeah. Know, you, you have no proof, and here they are being exactly what the posse thinks they are. Yeah. I don't know that there's a better way of doing that than just having them at the bank at the same time. Right. I mean, you know, there's only so many places and so much shit that you can do to entertain yourself or do anything <laughs> on like a Saturday in this town, in this area, you know? That's the truth. I loved then that, you know, you get, I don't know if it was right after this, but shortly thereafter anyway, you've got Johnny Guitar and Vienna hurrying away in their carriage and man like the i don't know if this is like rear projection or, or green screen or what but it looks like they're doing like 90 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> and yet they're just like so nonchalantly you know like hayden's got oh, the yeah. reins or whatever and it's like you know i don't think in his mind they're going nearly as fast as what is it look hey i don't no. even know if it's possible to go that fast in one of those stage coaches but uh <laughs> man it sure looks like it from the backdrop i'm like they're making like hard right turns and stuff that was kind of fun <laughs> that's awesome is there anything between that moment and the conclusion of this thing that really sticks out to you or, or that we should talk about well I, you know i guess th- there's a part of me that that wasn't I, I was definitely I was clear on it, but I didn't I still didn't necessarily buy it was when our uh, our guys who robbed the bank making their getaway mm-hmm. and they run up into the rocks and then the guys are blasting to, to you know, a, a hole to bring the railroad through. And our guys are like, what? Guys blasting to bring a railroad through. I don't know what to do now. Uh, let's go back <laughs> yeah. to our hideout. Like I was just like, aren't there? Like, couldn't you go in, like, 70 different directions and get away oh from this God. town? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. It feels like it. I mean, there's just, yeah, nothing but landscape in front of you. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't totally understand that, yeah. No, I mean, there is some argument, again. It's just, you know, it's it's a war of factions between Bo- Borgnine and the Dancing Kid. And, you know, Borgnine's saying, we got to go through the desert. And, uh, you know, Dancing Kid's like, that's 400 right. miles. We're going to die if we go through the desert. So was, they go, you know, the other way. But, um, oh, man, you get the nice moment where they're, like, fleeing on the horses through an area where there's some trees. And poor Turkey, he hits a branch hard. Oh, yeah. off his horse. I yeah. know, brought down by a branch. Not even another person, like, shooting him. But I like that, though. I mean, that fits oh, yeah. into, uh, you know, that's, that's a good Western moment where nature gets its say, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nature hated these guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Wild West, man. They don't call it that mm. for nothing. Mm. But yeah, all that's building up. The mob is on their tail, led by Emma, of course, because there's no way I'm not going out there and I'm going to lead, you know? Right. Which I like. You know, again, oh, it's yeah. like uh, you, you got to have it. Like, it's the woman who's refusing to take no for an answer. And not only that, like, she's already made her, herself very clear that she doesn't think the marshal and these men are going to do anything. Or up to the job. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. And like... Even MacGyver's is, is kind of cowed by her at this point. Like, she's so yeah. mad all the time. Everyone's kind of oh, like, she's, uh. <laughs> she's furious, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, it builds to yet one more showdown. I mean, that's that's what yeah. we're waiting for here. That's what you sign up for. And again, uh, where this movie just does not take the same turns that the other ones do. I mean, I love that moment when they show up and you get that sort of like operatic moment where, uh, 
Joan Crawford is just sitting at a piano and she's got like a white dress on. Yeah. And you get those red rocks behind her. The lighting is cool and she's just waiting on the marshal. It's it's a cool moment, man. I mean, that's what you want. Like your your gunslinger to be like they're waiting on the on the bad guy to come because there's nowhere else to hide kind of moment. Yeah. I really I mean to to kind of fast forward through it. I really liked all that stuff with them forcing Turkey to tell them that Crawford had something to do with it and then they take him they're yeah. going to hang him. Poor old boozy guitar. <laughs> saves her i mean that and that save was so uh that was one thing i was it was so interesting to me because it was like to to film that moment i mean mm-hmm. it's he's on he's on a bridge all the posse is arranged under this bridge like like right there less than a couple feet away from where you are he cuts her loose as they hit the horse so the horse goes riding under the bridge he jumps over the other side of the bridge to where his horse is and that horse looks like it barely wants to stay where it is. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. clearly someone else is under the bridge, like holding the reins, like off camera. Yeah. Don't you move, and horse? He, and he gets on it, and like they they go up this thing, and I was just like, man, that was a. I don't know. There were there were just so few cuts mm-hmm. to tell that little bit about how he manages to get away from all those guys. It was kind of neat. Well, and don't forget that Sterling Hayden didn't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> I know. I, I thought about that every single time, oh, and I was man, like, oh yeah. my god, the, yeah. the stuff he had to do. Yeah. On a horse. Oh, my God. I would have been terrified, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He did a fine job as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So they end up at the hideout. There's, there's still bad feelings all around. You know, there's a lot, a lot of tough talk. And they realize he's, he's Johnny Logan. <laughs> he's not a guitarist at all. Joan Crawford makes some eggs at some point. Bart's the one who really wants to double-cross him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ends up stabbing old tuberculosis Jones in the back. <laughs> And that guy dies. Oh, man. Emma works something out with Bart. A lot of stuff happens in this ending. And I realize that now that I'm fast forwarding through this. Yeah. But yeah, I I should have known there was going to be more of a... uh, There was going to be that much of a showdown between Emma and Joan. Yeah. Although I, for some reason, I wasn't thinking that's how it was going to go down. Probably because I'm conditioned to think that... Exactly. All Westerns are about guys settling the problem, you know? Yeah. And it totally isn't. Like, it's like... It comes down to the two of them, and like once that's done, it's like everybody's like, "Well, <laughs> guess we're going home." Like I don't know, like <laughs> for some reason that was like too much for those guys to stomach. But I really liked that. One of the things I thought, which did not really keep me in the movie at the moment, I'm sure you saw this throughout. You mentioned in the tee up that Joan Crawford wanted whatever close-ups she had to be on set. Mm-hmm. on a on a stage you know, lit location a stage yeah. yeah and man yeah i mean they, they really held to that i mean it's like everything else in the scene will be happening outside and then you cut to a close-up of her and they've had to like reproduce this moment <laughs> so that they could shoot her against something that's obviously a backdrop yeah you know it's it's like i mean emma's outside she's cocking the gun close up on joan she's in burbank yeah interesting that didn't totally take me out of it but no i mean me either but yeah it's like, man, I can't imagine as a director, it would have just like, uh, oh god, god to plan that out. Yeah, yeah. And then who was it? Was it Emma? Emma got yes, it was Emma. Emma got shot, and she, I mean, she stunt guy probably or stunt woman. It was a man. Yeah, it was a man. <laughs> yeah, I saw that name as the the wig came off as as he went over the that stunt. It, it's this really sort of perilous. Uh, set of stairs that lead up to this this hideout 
And the, the stairs kind of come down to this rock that seems to already be at a 45 degree angle going down. Like you would not ever want to go down these stairs because you just keep going forever. And, 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 this, and this stunt guy has to go like head first kind of over the railing down like on his back. And, and there was a moment where it was like, man, you could have just totally like gotten your head like caught in this one part. You'd just be dead. Yeah. I mean, hats off to you. That, that, it looked extremely dangerous. But I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a little off uh, topic. What did you think about the uh, the ending and resulting uh, showdowns? Great. I mean, yeah, it, it was unexpected. I did not yeah. expect the dancing kid to meet the end that he did. No. Whew. Yeah, I mean, it was, again, like, we should have seen it coming, but they are playing off of what we're conditioned to expect, for sure, I would have to imagine. Yeah. Uh, that was all intentional and built to this. And we were told... In the very opening there, you know, that one of them was going to kill the other one. It yeah. just depended who got to it first. But it's powerful. I mean, yeah, it's probably the only conclusion that I could think of, you know, for this yeah. thing. And I'm so glad that they didn't take an easy way out where one of, you know, both of those women didn't, didn't meet some harm there. Right. Unless I'm forgetting something. Fearsome gunslinger John Logan doesn't seem to do much at all. I don't think he does, yeah. Like, there's not some moment where he does something amazing with his gun. Like, nope. the, the most amazing thing he ever did was shoot that gun out of Turkey's hand. Yeah. And then shoot it across the floor. He does not save the day. No. Which, again, I no. kept thinking of the, jeez, uh, which director called it beauty? Oh, Truffaut was, like, a comment that it oh, was yeah. Beauty and the Beast, where Hayden was the beauty. <laughs> yeah. And Joan Crawford was the that Beast. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it does. I thought it was really cool. It just buys you so much goodwill, I think, for this movie, um, just as a story to have such a strong ending and such a cool unexpected ending that everyone will now expect that has listened to this and not yet seen the movie. <laughs> so you're welcome. Too bad. Yeah. It works so well too, to know that those two hated each other yeah. <laughs> during the making totally. of it. And afterwards, you know, I guess Joan, Joan won the day. I mean, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> and also actually interesting to know uh, that Mercedes was the voice of the demon in Exorcist. Yeah. Because I could hear it the whole way through. Every time she said anything, I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's totally Reagan's voice when she's possessed. That's yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> but yeah, man, what, what, a, what a lot of just good stuff. What an odd movie. It is. To put together and, and uh, put together, make it that interesting. Remember that part when, uh, when uh, Joan Crawford's clothes caught on fire? And then yeah. two stunt people like put the fire out as Joan Crawford and, and Boozy... Sterling Hayden. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting it was an interesting time. The movie is definitely interesting. Even the end song, that Peggy Lee Johnny Guitar song or like it just to me, I don't know, it was because I've been watching Hateful Late. Like I was like that it feels like it would be in a Tarantino like this is like a Tarantino ending kind of thing yeah. here. You know, I mean I certainly yeah. would have to imagine he's a fan of this movie. It feels like it would be right up his alley in some ways. For sure. And in a weird way, like Hateful Eight seems like, like, a, like, a, like a flip side of this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, watch the rest of it. Yeah, and I And I'll to, talk yeah. to you next year and we'll talk about it. Even, I mean, even some of Kill Bill stuff was just like positioning Uma Thurman in that kind of role. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what is this movie saying, if it's saying anything, about, you know, I mean, I think the double standard for women is mentioned multiple mm -hmm. times in this about how... Yeah, so Joan Crawford tells Johnny Guitar one moment, a man can lie, steal, and even kill, but as long as he hangs on to his pride, he's still a man. All a woman has to do is slip 
once, and she's a tramp. Must be a great comfort to you to be a man. And, uh, I mean, that's that's a good... That's a good bit of dialogue there. She delivered it well, and it makes sense in that world that she's in, for sure. Yeah. To me, it's also it's so much better to hear her say that after we've heard Mercedes McCambridge, another woman, call, be the one to call her a tramp, you know? Yeah. I don't think there's a man in this movie that calls Joan Crawford a tramp. No. The boy, uh, Emma sure does. Um so I don't know. I mean, do you, did you take away anything thematically about this movie? Because I admit that I did not, after watching it, or while watching it necessarily, yeah. beyond that. Um, but I don't know. Is this movie saying anything deeper? And I was trying to think, is this because of all we talked about with Ben Maddow and having gone through the blacklist and, and even just his sort of like left-leaning, is this saying anything about the establishment and capitalism or any of that? Man, I mean, well, I mean, I'm not deep. So that's Uh-oh. the first, yeah, that's that's what makes uh, it tough. I mean, I, I, I like to think it is just being straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a lot of it is just coming out of that line that, that you read. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of it is like, you know, I, I could, I, I would love it if, I don't know, Nicholas Ray was just sitting at home or, or, or Maddow was at home and like, I don't know, why, why couldn't a Western just be about two ladies having a showdown? Yeah. Why has it got to be two guys? And then, What's that going to be like? Because, I mean, it, it really... The, the women are the most powerful characters in this movie yeah. throughout. They are the For only sure. ones who seem grounded, even with Mercedes, like, just losing her mind the whole time. I always felt like she was losing her mind because no one else was seeing things the way she was seeing it. Or, like, like no one was really kind of jumping to what she was... I, I don't know. It seemed... Um, I don't know. She, she had a lot of issues. But... Yeah, but then you got Sterling Hayden, right? Who you know he's Mister Cool, Calm, and Collected with Vienna. He seems like he's the guy who's there to like he's the guy who comes from without. You know, like that whole Western story where it's like mm-hmm. he's he's supposed to be the one who settles everything. And I mean, he just literally does almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, in fact, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the the quotes here, and uh, yeah, he has that moment where he just talks about there's only th- two things in this world that a real man needs. Cup of coffee and a good smoke. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, I believe that he believes that, you know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's interesting in this world too, because yeah, these these women are scratching and clawing for everything that they have and to maintain what they have and what they want and their their vision for this town. And uh, you're exactly right. Like typical Western template, the stranger rolls into town, and this one's just like <laughs> a dude who just wants to smoke and drink coffee and play his guitar. You know. Yeah. He didn't want to shoot guns at all. Yeah, nope. he didn't want any of that. No, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's a good, you know, sort of subversive uh, take on the genre. I'd be very, very interested in checking out the novel and seeing how how that you know, differs from what's on screen here, and if it does, in fact, at all. Uh, I would assume it it yeah. does quite a bit, but I, I could just yeah. be uh, imagining that. I also got to say, like, I, I'm watching this thing and thinking. Man, this kind of feels ripe for a remake in a lot of ways. Yeah. I found myself even thinking of something that's as old now as uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Like that movie and I I think the way it would be treated now, at least from a production design standpoint and costuming things. Like it would just, this movie, like the world didn't quite feel lived in to me, you know? Like it still (laughs) felt like I'm watching actors on some really cool sets but sets nonetheless. Yeah. 
And not to discredit anything that's done in this movie, obviously, like, as a whole, I think we both think it works really well. There's nothing particularly showy about the direction or, or like, I, I, even, like, a real stylistic fingerprint for me. Who am I to talk crap about Nicholas Ray? But I think there could be a very stylistic version of Like, I would love to see, like, the spaghetti western version of this movie, you know? Yeah. Do you think it would work as a as a remake? Sure. I could see it working. I mean, the the, the tough thing is obviously the tough thing is the casting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like this is cast so specifically and and really so well with choices that I kind of feel like like if you put those in front of me before the movie was made, I don't know how I'd feel about it. I, uh, and I don't even know who who you would even begin to cast because I almost feel yeah. like any movie star that I could think of, like I don't, like I don't want to see that for some reason, <laughs> right? Which is mean and wrong, probably. I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of actresses who do a perfectly wonderful job, but yeah, it's it's hard for me to think of. But you're absolutely right. I, I think it would probably live and die in the casting of those two roles. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah, find any sure. Yahoo dude to be Johnny Guitar. I think exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, that's basically Brad you know, Pitt. Brad Pitt, Ryan and Gosling, then sure. Maybe yeah. Vienna's like. Glenn Close or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I get excited about the idea of it being re- remade by by a really strong filmmaker and just seeing what they would do with the look of it more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Craig, that's all I got to say about Johnny Guitar, other than um, I'm really disappointed there's not a sequel that's like Johnny Ukulele or something, just like a different instrument, just carrying on the yeah. tail of that dude. Um, that just would be amazing. Just didn't take off. Anything else you want to add? I, uh, I assume this would be a strong recommendation from you. Yeah, absolutely. I would uh, yeah. recommend it. I think the only loose thread for me is who did rob that coach. Yeah. And why wasn't anyone out looking for those guys? Those guys got away scot-free. They really, they planned the exact right place to do that. <laughs> they did. Right after the side of a hill blew up. And, you know, maybe yeah. that it's all part of the plan to make us still confused about whether we should loathe or like Emma. Because here we are, her brother did get killed in that robbery, and we're like, eh, I don't know who did it. It doesn't really matter. Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, her brother's still dead. She's still pissed. Yeah. So, I don't know. It is a loose thread, but again, that's just more fodder for uh, discussion and for the inevitable remake. I would definitely recommend Johnny Guitar. Again, Amazon, Hulu, Epix, they all have it. And yes, there is Blu-ray from Olive Signature, which I was reading about as well. Supposedly looks fan-freaking-tastic. Nice. Did you watch this on Amazon? I did. And it looked great. Yeah, I, I had no complaint. Nice. I don't know which transfer those those streaming sites use, but uh, yeah, if it looks better on the Blu-ray, I can only imagine. Check it out. Come back next time. We're going to tee up Blue Steel. And that is not the facial pose from Zoolander, right? Nope. Nope. Uh, it is an entire movie, and we'll tell you all about it. Craig, mm. any last monologues? Uh, 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 no. Oh, wait. <laughs> no. Oh, well, this is my favorite part of the show. That's all, I, that's all I got for you today. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is a double standard. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you then.